Our dynasty on the morning bliss. This morning uh, we are joined uh, by uh, Terence Ball from SA Heritage Publishers and we are going to be speaking about uh, their Ancestral Voices project uh, which is a project that uh, gives us you know, the treasures of indigenous, indigenous manuscripts um, describing a variety of our history as Southern Africans and our traditions and culture. It was unveiled at the University of Pretoria, but Terence is going to be telling us a bit more. A very good morning, Terence. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. I'm so glad that we finally got you in here. Good morning, Patricia. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate your, your um, invitation. Terence, uh, firstly, let's talk about what you do at SA Heritage Publishers. Right. Well, we focus obviously on the uh, heritage of uh, indigenous language speaking um, South Africans, uh, official indigenous language speakers at this stage. We will extend that. Um, and we begun with a, a series called Our Story, um, which uh, is, is a number of small volumes limited to 10,000 words and 48 pages, illustrated. To cut a long story short, while doing research for that, I met Dr. Nimud Zavadi, who was very excited about what we were doing and asked me to go to the University of Pretoria to see what they had there. To cut a long story short, it's a collection of 891 um, different writings by 186 mother tongue speakers of our indigenous languages, covering every aspect of their history, culture, and heritage. So that, in a nutshell, is what we're working on. We're currently working now to um, put these um, indigenous language writings into the current orthography, the current spelling rules, and then to promote understanding among all South Africans translating them into English. Now, what interests me the most with this project that you're doing at uh, SA Heritage Publishers is the fact that you say these are indigenous manuscripts. And I, I presume some of them, or majority of them, would have been written in um, a South African or Southern African uh, languages. And it then, uh, you know, begs the question, why has this sort of rich history, these manuscripts, not been made public years ago? Why are we um, under the assumption, I don't know if it's correct or not, that our history as Southern Africans was not written by Southern Africans, but by the former colonizers? You know, I have to make an assumption at this stage, and that is that these documents were um, given to the university on the death of the person who was keeping them safe. I can only imagine that uh, he said nothing about them for fear that uh, they may be destroyed. Um, but, I, you know, I just don't know why it was kept so secret. The fact of the matter is all of these writings were written between about 1928 and about 1955, 1960 in the indigenous languages. Um, they existed as handwritten manuscripts and then con type, contemporary typewriter written typescripts. Um, and that how, is how they've been um, filed away for nearly 100 years uh, until we discovered them and are working now with the University of Pretoria and various other partners 
to ensure that they are brought to the attention of um, all South Africans so that, uh, you know, we can find out more about one another and hope, hopefully make a contribution towards creating a more multilingual society going forward. Mm, and that's that's what we aim to do, right? Uh, to make our society multilingual, um, but also to learn about each other. And the best way to do that is uh, via our languages. Terence, with this um, uh, project that you're embarking with uh, the University of Pretoria, with these indigenous manuscripts, um, so so what is it that we can expect uh, from the body of work that will eventually be made uh, public and would be able to um, enjoy? Uh, the, the, the contents of these manuscripts. Well, let me start by saying that one of the aspects of the project is to trace the descendants of the authors. Obviously, they, the authors themselves are all now deceased. And we are doing that to create uh, or to develop a small um, biography of as many authors as possible. Um, we've established that most of the authors are either um, members of the cloth, teachers, or traditional leaders. Um, and the writings cover absolutely every single aspect of the history and culture of the people written about. Let me give you a brief sample. I'm just going to read an English translation from a work translated uh, from Isizulu. I heard the story of the Anglo-Zulu War and the civil war that followed from a person who was there. He was a warrior, and his name was Somushungwana Magwaza. And I wrote this while he spoke. He saw all these things. Dorothy Shamase. This is written in Isizulu in 1939. She interviewed the then elderly, as many of the authors did. Um, and so, as a consequence, these writings um, contain what we believe are often the earliest transmissions of the oral tradition of our people. The oldest author discovered to date is uh, Menziwa Balfour. He was born in 1854. Um, his grandfather was born in 1785. His grandfather was 20 when Menziwa, uh, sorry, he was 20. Menziwa was 20 when his grandfather passed away. Menziwa wrote a history of the Amatalaika in the Eastern Cape. And if he wrote down what his grandfather told him, undoubtedly we're looking at the oral tradition of um, those people going back to the early 1700s and possibly even the late 1600s. So... The, the stories really, to my knowledge, are the oldest existing records of the oral trans, um, uh, transmission of knowledge by the indigenous language speaking peoples of South Africa. So it's um, over 800 manuscripts uh, that are going to be uh, worked on. What has the role of the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture been in uh, um, making sure that this project is a success and it gets to the greater parts of our country? Well, you know, we've had discussions with um, national arts and culture, and they have sort of suggested that they are very interested, uh, but actually there have been very, very little uh, direct support from them. There has been considerable support from the Limpopo Department of Sport, Arts and Culture. The vast majority of writings, in fact, are in Sisutu Salibua. There are also writings in Chitsonga and Chivenda. Two of the four most um, 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 disadvantaged of our indigenous languages, the other two being Saswati and Zindabele. Um, and so they saw immediately the value of these writings, uh, and we will be looking at holding readings in community libraries um, by hopefully learners and students um, of the languages concerned, reading to the elderly in their community. 
I should add that for the very first time in the history of South Africa, many indigenous language speakers are going to be able to read about the history of their own people, their very own villages and areas in their mother tongue from their ancestors. Uh, and obviously there is uh, uh, an English translation of the indigenous language on the right-hand page of our published volumes. So we have indigenous language on the left page and English on the right page. Mm. Okay, that would serve the purpose to make sure that all South Africans are engaging on uh, these uh, beautiful manuscripts. Can you whet our appetite a bit and tell us uh, what sort of writings can we expect uh, to be published from these um, eight, over 800 manuscripts? Well, I mean, there's just so much um, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievably valuable forgotten information that's coming through. For instance, um, an author in Chitsonga, um, Noel Johannes Mabali, but in, indeed by contrast, he, was the, he is the youngest of the authors we've discovered so far. He was born in 1918 and was only 24 when he wrote his pieces. He interviewed um, several Vatsonga, Chitsonga-speaking people, um, who tell us about events in their lifetime that happened in Mozambique, re leading to them relocating to the far north of Limpopo, the Vembe district of Limpopo. And that's, that is absolutely fascinating. We also have um, a history of the Bankuna, who are a clan of people who live near Zanin in Limpopo. And uh, they were originally in Mozambique and fled when Shoshangan Tangumalo came in from KZN. Uh, and for the first time, we read um, that uh, uh, the content of a message that was passed by Shoshangan to Shilubana I, who was the um, horsey, as they called it in Chitsonga, of the Bankuna, um, saying, uh, I won't go into the detail, but just saying that uh, you must look after his place while he's gone to uh, what is today Zimbabwe. He'll deal with him when he comes back. And that put the fear of God into into him um, and, and uh, the Bankuna. And as a result, they decided to leave Mozambique and flee to safety. And the whole story of their travels through into Pumalanga and then northwards to uh, Zanin, Kwakoa, um, is is told, uh, including very interestingly the first meeting with the Rain Queen uh, the, of the Balabirdu. So that's one fascinating um, uh, story. There are lots and lots of others. Uh, remember, there are nineteen thousand typewriter written pages. It's a massive project, um, and I can go on for hours relating interesting stories if you'd like me to. But I'm sure my time is limited. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, please! One more, one more story. It is so beautiful to hear about our South African history. It's not taught in our textbooks at school, uh, Terence. Uh, the way Absolutely. that I feel it should be taught. We are missing so much of who we are as South Africans and how integrated yeah. we are. I mean, uh, from what you've just told me, it shows that there was a lot of integration um, within the various. Uh, traditions and cultures and uh, nations of the southern african indigenous people so and this is what we don't know and we need to know so maybe one more one more about many okay uh, <laughs> okay before i do that let me just touch on another aspect of the project because these manuscripts were written nearly a hundred years ago we have uh, discovered, or uh, let me put it this way, our translators, who are all South African Translation Institute uh, uh, trained and members of the South African Inst Translation Institute, 
have come across many words in the indigenous languages which are no longer in common use and their meanings have been forgotten. In fact, uh, this is why we are working with the South African National Lexicography Units to identify the meanings of those words and then to add them to the next edition of the dictionaries developed by those units on behalf of government. This will fulfill one of their responsibilities to preserve the indigenous languages. Now, um, one of the first stories I read about the Balabedu, written by a gentleman we think was on the uh, Royal Council of the, of, of, of the Balabedu uh, in the 1930s, makes reference to a sedu medi sana nedi. Now, if you have any Susutu Saribuwa speakers or Sepedi speakers out there, I'd like, like them to let us know if they've ever heard the word before. Luckily, it's explained in the sentence because the author makes reference to a highly regarded um, leader within the Balabedu uh, who was murdered. And he said that this happened while there was a sedu medi sana nedi. And then he puts in brackets a a star with a tail. So it's a comet that he's making reference to. Now, the interesting thing about that is, so we learn the meaning of a word that has been forgotten, but equally we can now go to, uh, you know, the relevant university and ask them for um, a list of uh, the years in which a comet has been visible in the western sky from Khamojaji, and we'll be able to pinpoint the year of that murder. So, you know, it's incredibly valuable in that sense. Um, I don't know if you want me, uh, you know, to read a, a further little quote. Here's one uh, that I can come up with. Oh, please do. And which manuscript me, is it available in? Well, this this one, the one I'm uh, uh, it's in the Susutu Salibua volumes. I'd have to check. We've got seven volumes of Susutu Salibua published. Um, and that the story I've just related is included in one of those. Um, the story, this writing I'm about to, to read to you uh, is, in fact, written by Menziwa Balfour. This is the oldest uh, author that we've discovered so far. I told you the story earlier. And what's quite extraordinary is he starts his writing in this way. I, too, came to be told these, these stories by Father Makapela, descendant of Noya, headman in Teko Springs in the district of Tentane, who had reached 110 years of age. They were again recited to me by Nkaba, descendant of Ngonso, in Dikirni in 1888, when we were at school at Lovedale, together with the likes of Msimba David, S. Konongo, William Botomon, Manshiwe Sikoti, and others. These stories we also get from Chuka and Macho, old men and others. We will keep referring to the origin and the story of the black people. I'm not a little bit proud of them. I extol them. And that is just gives you, I think, uh, a feel for the passion um, of the authors. Uh, they realized, I think, that they were doing an extraordinarily important job in recording uh, what was, uh, I suppose we can say, what they thought to be a dying tradition and culture. Mm. And uh, when will this project uh, be completed? Well, there's a, how long is a piece of string? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm thinking about 800 manuscripts. It's a lot of work. It's a huge amount of work. We've translated and transcribed 366 um, of the writings. That's taken about, uh, well, I, I suppose the project started in about uh, 
I discovered these manuscripts in about 2017, 2018. That was the first time I visited the university to look at them. The transcription process started in about 2020, 2019, 2020. Um, and for the last year or so, we've been preparing the translated and transcribed writings for publication, which we've now done. Uh, but we still have a huge number of pages um, uh, to translate. One of the authors, uh, Reverend Mortobatsi, uh, in fact, has left us 2,900 typewriter written pages on the history of the Bapedi. Um, so you can see that these are very, very comprehensive uh, in, in many instances. I think, you know, if, if we had uh, immediate funding available, sufficient funding available, it would take probably two to three years to complete the transcriptions and translations. Okay. Of what um, remains. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And what about the, the, the project to trace the descendants of these authors, or at least, you know, people who, who can relate or narrate, um, you know, about the author's history. Um, how's that project uh, going about? And um, is, there, is there any success? Because there wasn't a lot of uh, personal detail recording uh, back in the 1800s. Well, absolutely. Um, uh, obviously, uh, um, these authors, most of them uh, passed away uh, in the early part of uh, the century up to about, say, 1970. I think the, the youngest one, uh, Mabalia, died in 1999. It's gone reasonably well. We've traced the uh, descendants of about 22 or 23 authors. So, um, you know, we've hardly, we've just scratched the surface of that. Um, but uh, it, it's really valuable in terms of um, establishing who the descendants are. And it's very interesting that very clearly the families uh, of the authors prized and valued education because a lot of the um, descendants have quite significant uh, um, achievements. Uh, and there is a, a senior justice among them. Um, we have a number of, uh, you know, retired people who are very active in education and languages. Where we are finding children of these descendants, they're invariably elderly, late 70s, early 80s. It's mainly the grandchildren um, who, who we are making contact with. I have to say also that what will help, and I must commend the Limpopo Radio Combo, SABC's Limpopo Radio Combo in this respect, that they are beginning to read weekly extracts uh, from these writings in Chitonga, Chivenda, and Susutu Salibua. They are also uh, obviously calling for people who live in the areas um, where the authors lived to assist us with the um, tracing of descendants and also to help identify where the author is buried. So we hope that the, um, the rate of tracing uh, descendants will pick up quite considerably. It's a, a great uh, work that you are doing, Terence, and uh, we're hoping that uh, the project will gain a lot of support, especially from the Department of uh, Sports, Arts and Culture. But not only that, that our basic education department is going to, you know, really look into this and help, in, you know, incorporate the knowledge from these manuscripts into our, our, our social sciences um, for people at school, for young people at school. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm very much appreciated. And All the best. Go us. well.
yeah, please tell us, Terence, how people can be in touch with SA Heritage Publishers to get uh, some of your books on our history. Okay, well, if if they if they Google SA Heritage Publishers, um, they'll find entries to up you know uh, for us for our website and our Facebook page. Um, uh, I, I we don't have a landline; we only have cell phone numbers. So I think the best way of doing that is to email us. Can I give you an email address? Go ahead. Uh, it's info at, and then this is all one word: SA Heritage Publishers with an S at the end. Dot co. Dot za. Excellent, Terence. Thank you so very much.